Yes, and the church said, Amen. Amen, again and again and again. Man, I love that bass. He is our God. Isn't that great? Now you know why I don't sing bass, right? Uh, some people sing by note and some people sing by whatever. I sing by letter. I just open up and let her fly. <laughs> it is beautiful. Thank you so much for joining in today. Uh, a couple of things. Um, I was in a four-year bit ago, and one of the young ladies came up to me and said, oh, oh, I want to tell you something. I said, what's that? And she said, I brought you a donut. I said, oh, that's very nice. She said, but I ate it. <laughs> oh, man. This is great. I don't know what the deal is, but nonetheless, <clears throat> we know them as Miss Kate and Phil and Uncle Cy and Willie and Jace and Jep and the Mountain Man, I guess, or whoever. And of course, we look at that show, perhaps, they're members of the church, by the way, and um, that's from the Duck Dynasty TV show. I don't even know if it's on anymore or not. Reruns are still pretty funny sometimes. Some of the quotes, uh, a few of the quotes that I pulled out here were, Miss Kate's uh, favorite one was, she said, eating squirrel brains is where you get your smarts. Um, I'm not sure uh, if that's true or not, but it might be because my mom loved them and she was pretty smart. Um, Phil's, his was, and he always laughed at this and winked at his wife, I think, but he said, when the Almighty made women, he made some strange creatures, but we love them, amen? amen. Oh, well, give me a base on that one, right? Um, Uncle Cy said, your beard is so fat, even Dora couldn't explore it. And Jay, says, there are two, Jay said, there's two kinds of people without beards, boys and women, and I ain't either. But our favorite, I guess, of all times is probably, and many of you probably have the shirt or maybe bought it for somebody just for fun, um, happy, happy, happy. What about happy? How do you deal with happy? How are you doing on the happy meter, if you will, today in our life, your life? Did you ever find happy and then somehow it just slipped away in your life? It does for more than you think, it does for all of us at some point, but oftentimes I'm asked the question, really is, how do you get happy again? How do you get it back? How does it work back into our life? Now I know that Scripture teaches us about the joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and all of those, the joy comes from knowing the Lord and, and all of that. But for today's message, I want to use the word happy, if you'll allow me to do that. So how do we get, how do you get happy back? Because undoubtedly somebody in this room, or maybe even multiple people, you can be young or old, it doesn't matter, anywhere in between, that you deal with that. And maybe perhaps today is that day. Perhaps some of these empty pews here today are because someone couldn't find happy, and they're just not here today because they lost happy. But maybe you're here and you're saying, how do I get that back? It's a good question to address. Thank you, preacher. Maybe you can help me find that. Because what I've been through and what I'm going through, man, I'm going to tell you, my happy left town a long time ago. Happens with people, doesn't it? Sure it does. 
If it's not you, I guarantee you, you know someone that it has been or is going through that even right now. And you wish you could change it for them. You wish you could just somehow reach in and help them. But you sometimes feel helpless in the midst of that. So how does it happen? Well, since we're at church, let's talk about God's view of this. I think that that happens, actually, when it only comes through a renewed spirit, a revival, if you will, within our spirits. One of the ways I get happy is to hear you folks sing. When Kyle leads us in that, that, that just it gives you energy. It just, it just pumps me up. It just excites me about being who I am in the Lord getting an opportunity, and you see me oftentimes, I pace back and forth, and, and I do that I've been up since 3.15 this morning. I just couldn't wait to deliver this message. It just was so impressed on my heart, and, and I get so excited, and I don't get tired. I don't know why, I just don't get tired. But I do that because I'm happy in the Lord. I'm excited about what God gets, allows me to do. Phil asked a good question in our class earlier today. I didn't speak up and say, but the things that you fear, one of those fears that I addressed was speaking in front of people. When God called me to speak and, or called me into ministry, you know, that 11 years that I just chose to run. I went to church and sang songs in the, in the audience, you know, if you will, the congregation and, and, and led prayers and did that kind of thing. But man, I'm not getting in front of people and I'm not speaking, Lord. That's got to be somebody else. Skip me, go to my brother if you don't mind. And for 11 years, I feared that. And for 11 years, I never could find happy. It slipped away. So, as a kid growing up, I believe that you need, let me say it this way, you need a renewed spirit. We all need that. But as a kid growing up, we had these things called revivals. You don't see them much anymore. Anybody remember revivals? Raise your hand. Anybody don't really know what revival is about? Raise your hand. There's probably a few that may not know what revival is. It's all right. When I was a kid growing up, there was, a, there was one in the spring and one in the fall. What did that really mean? Well, it meant for us that we were going to church every night for one solid week. I remember one time we had a two-week meeting. You ever have a two-week meeting? Some of your older ones might know that. Man, I was really thankful when they cut down to one week. You know what I'm saying? But actually, I liked revivals. And I liked him, I suppose, because it was another preacher that came in. It usually wasn't the same guy up front. Don't say amen here. But anyway, so, so in that, I, I kind of liked revivals. But in this, all of that, I, what I was intrigued with, all the way up through probably the midnight, and even back home in Kentucky, they still have one in the spring and one in the fall. So let me move on with that and just simply say, I was intrigued by the titles in which were brought in revivals. Because what I remember, and I'm sure it's not the case, but what I remembered, so it's not a downplay on that, but what I remembered in that process was the titles in which were listed. And I, I started keeping track of that. And what I noticed is, these were the titles, How to Become a Christian, How to Become a Child of God, What One Must Do to Be Saved, In Jesus Alone, Salvation in Jesus, One Baptism, One Church. That's what I remember. 
But what I also remember is this. To me, it seemed, always seemed, that it was a bunch of Christians. It's what it seemed to me. Now, I'm not downgrading anything. Please understand that. What it seemed to me is a bunch of Christians getting together and being told they needed to do something that they had already done. And I was, I was taken by that because at any given one of those meetings, I'm thinking like, I know all these people. And I know they've already accepted the Lord, but yet we're having this. Doesn't mean it's not important because you never know how God's going to move through an individual that comes through our doors. It's why we always offer an invitation because it's always open to all of us, not only to Alex last week and all the others this year, but to you as well if you've never received Jesus Christ. But revival simply means it's bringing something back to life. It's CPR, something that seems are nearly out of breath. And it's pulling that breath back in. And so it's kind of like a shot in the arm. It's kind of this revival, meaning the word. It stimulates, it's a recovery, it's a renewal, a time of renewal, revivals. A lady asked Billy Sunday, why do you keep having revivals when they don't seem to last very long? He simply looked at her and simply said, why do you keep taking baths? Because we need them. We need them in our lives. Revivals, I believe, are necessary for Christians. Especially for Christians. Can I have an amen? amen. Okay. But I believe that the revivals are necessary for Christians not in order to, to be told to do something that they've already done, but rather to renew our spirits. To give us a shot in the arm that says, let's go. I'm back on track. I'm excited once again. This thrills me once again. I've caught the wind once again. I was down, but I'm up again. I was knocked down, but now I feel like, yeah, I can do this. This is going to be something. Vance Hebner said it this way. He said, there never was a real revival that didn't, did not produce heartburn and hallelujahs. Because they do, don't they? Because in that, he goes on to say in his writing, it will weed out a crowd quickly, and it does. It prunes the church and purifies the body of Christ. That's what it's intended to do. It's the Word of God that comes through us and the Spirit that moves within us in such a way that we are now dynamic, not because of us, but who lives in us. The early church and how it was that they just went from just a few in number to thousands and thousands, multiples, the multitudes, changed from numbers to multitudes very quickly. Why? Because someone that was about to draw their last breath, someone brought back to life. And they introduced them to Jesus that brought real life. Give me an amen. That's what the Word of God does. It does it for us, or at least it should revive us again. Give me an amen. Remember Hebrews chapter 4 that we talked about last week? It is this double-edged sword, but it's this active. The Word is active for a purpose. It's alive and active, it says. It's the aspirin. It's the aspirin for the pain of my life, for your life. 
It is the five-hour energy drink for the spirit that lives within you. And I would simply say it is the peach cobbler for the soul. It's just good. And it's all we need. I want to give you something that will hopefully revive you again today. Now, we're not going to ask you to come back every day this week, every night this week. But we could if you want to. I'll be glad to come up here and preach again and again and again and again and again. But I think that if you'll listen today in the Word of God, you can see something, hopefully something in your spirit says, I connect again, or I want to connect. I, I, I want that. I, I, I've felt sluggish in my walk with God, I've, in, my, in my walk, and, and it's now a new school year, and I'm just about to ready to take off, and I still feel a little sluggish, and I ought to be on cloud nine. I ought to be the best that I am right now because I've been refreshed with my vacations and my time off or whatever it may have been. So I want to help you today if I can, and I just pray that God's Spirit does that. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you can move within the hearts of individuals. You're not a God that sent your son to die on the cross and come back, go back to heaven and then leave us empty. Oh, no, 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 not you, God. You left for us the indwelling of your spirit. So move within all of us. Those of us in this room that have already claimed you as Lord and Savior, Father, help us to open those spirits up enough to receive another jolt that would cause us to be more of what you want us to be. And those that are here today, Father, that don't know you as Lord and Savior, Father, they can't even come to you unless you call them. And so I'm just praying today that they listen just well enough to hear your Spirit say, Come and receive life everlasting. I pray, Father, that you speak in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I share this with you today because of many people are living these lives in our world today. They're living lives that are full of false hope and empty promises and empty results, by the way. Now, don't get me wrong and know what I'm talking about when I say and talk about happy. But people are living these lives that are empty. And they've chased a lot of things in the world because the world tells us if you have these things, you're going to find happy. But somehow in their life, they've discovered that happy left town. And many of them, sad but true, are Christians. I find it the saddest thing to see Christians that are not happy in the Lord. Knowing that we have been saved from hell eternally now, remind you that, heaven and hell have the same length of time. God saved us from an eternity in hell. If we can't shout hallelujah, something is desperately wrong. And the reason why we can't, I think, is because sometimes we need a jolt that revives us, revive us again, oh God. We could probably go home, but we're not yet. Number one, you got to crave more of God. Now, that sounds pretty simple, but listen to this. 
it is because of craving more of God. What you crave is what you go after in life. I promise you that. What you crave is what you drive, what drives you in life. Every day of your life, you're driven by what you crave in life. Now, how do you find out what you crave in life? Well, ask yourself a simple question. What is your top priority in life? Now, I want to back up and say it this way. You want to find out what the top priority of your life is? Think of it now. Ask your children. But don't ask them by setting the stage up with holding the Bible in your hand, like, nee, 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 right? Ask your children going down the road, say, hey, sweetheart, hey, guys, what do you think is the priority of our life? If you were to say one thing is the priority of our life, what would it be? They're going to give you a real answer. What will it be? Do you already know? God says, seek me first. And when you seek me first with all of your heart, all these things come about in your life. So see, if the children tell you it's something else, it's probably something else. Or at least they perceive it as something else. And so what I would say today is that you have to have a craving for God or more of God. Not just a Sunday craving, but a craving all the time. In Psalm 63, the word says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you, David said. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. Can you hear the cry? This is what my body does in the parched and weary land where there is no water. I long for you in my life, he's saying. In our world of many mirages. Oh yeah, we have them, don't we? Sure we do. Empty lives and parched souls God offers an oasis. The term that we use this week, Gemini, an oasis. The question becomes, do we desire that oasis or would we prefer a mirage? Be determined in your heart to always move forward with Christ as your focus. Every day, not just some days, but every day. There is where you will find happiness in your life. Not a happy meal, because at the end of a happy meal, you find an empty box. But not with Christ. God's Word, I believe, is an attitude changer. Can I hear an amen? Has God's Word changed your attitude lately? Has it changed? Do you have a right attitude about all things? The answer would be no. I don't care who you are. So if your attitude isn't right about some things, then maybe if you get into God's Word, God's Word is an attitude changer. But you got to let it, like what we said about the Bible this morning. you got to let it change you in the process. When you wake up in the morning, your attitude is going to guide you pretty much throughout the day, isn't it? Sure it is. How you slept. Oh, my back's hurting really bad. I didn't sleep much. The baby was crying. The dog was barking. It's too hot, too cold, whatever, right? You get up, you burn the toast, you spill the coffee, whatever it might be. Maybe it is that your garage door over won't open the door. You ever have that happen to you? We did this week. That's not fun. Our garage door is not one of them little aluminum jobs. It's like 1964 model. Yeah, so Donna was really working hard as I was driving a car back out. No, I'm just kidding. God's word is an attitude changer. Yesterday may have been rough, but remember this. It was yesterday. 
Yesterday may have been, I was almost said a 60s word, groovy. <laughs> of, yesterday may have been great. But please remember, it was still yesterday. It was yesterday. Meaning things change, don't they? Sure they do. But you have today. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and? Yeah, or happy. Happy, happy, happy. What are we going to do with the day is the question. God, you gave me today. You know, yep, I burnt the toast. Yep, the, the coffee was spilled. Yep, the garage door won't open. But you know what? I still have you. And it's my decision what my attitude will be. Because your word says, you're with me always. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 4, it says, Now that you are obedient children of God. Notice that. He's talking to Christian people. And he says, Now that you are obedient children of God. Notice what he says. Don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Or in the past. The way you lived in the past. He's telling us that. It's easy to become a Christian and fall back and become what you once were, not what God wants you to be. In every generation, there is a group of people that come to know the Lord as Savior. But also within that group, undoubtedly, come to know God in a very, maybe a powerful way, but somehow the draw of the world pulls on them in such a way that they're pulled back into the world. Anybody know somebody that's done that? Sure you, sure you do. If it's, if it's not somebody really close, you know somebody at a distance. It, the world has that pull on you. And they crave something. They're craving something of the past. And so it pulls on them right back where they started from. The scripture says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 22, it talks about this one. It talks about the pig. I put it like this. It's the pig that's in the back of the truck headed to the county fair. He's all dolled up. She's all dolled up. She ain't got cologne on this thing. Got a ribbon around its neck. But I guarantee you, if you pop that lid on that truck and let that pig out in the country, that pig is heading. He's not heading for grass to roll in. He's heading for the mud puddle. Because that's what they do. And God refers that to what we are as Christians going back to something. The dog turning to the vomit grosses us out. But that's what people often do. It is because it's what they crave. And what you crave will drive you, crave more of God in your life. Keep in mind that at the end we get our ultimate reward. But between now and then, God also wants to bless us. Give me an amen. It is important. You remember I tell you about my ride three miles to the candy store. It's a true story. And I would ride back and forth. But I discovered something. I either had to pick up a bunch of pop bottles and get permission from my parents to ride to the store, or I had to do some type of chore for them outside of something of the norm. And then I would get my allowance or I would get a little sum of money. And when I got that, I would then be able to go to the candy store and get what I wanted to get. But what I discovered, I found out quickly, if I did not do my chores, if I did not collect those pop bottles... I didn't get any candy. And it wasn't because the store didn't have any candy. It was that I didn't do what I was supposed to do to be able to get, to go get the candy. It's the same in our Christian walk. 
It is God allows us to do things in his kingdom and he wants to bless us. But when you don't do what you know you should do, scripture says it is sin. Now, is it right to crave more of God or less of God? Give me an answer. More or less? There you go. Now you're catching on. The child of God that is trying to have it both ways will quickly find out that God will not be mocked and the candy stops flowing, if you will. Crave God more in your life. Number two, I believe you can always find happy when you remember something. Memory is very important. God gives it to us. And you can pull in your memory something bad or something good, but remember who you belong to. This is huge in your life. This morning, just by chance, Phil talked about Esau. Esau sold his birthright. He sold his birthright to his brother Jacob for a happy meal, a bowl of soup. Sad deal. He gave up on who he was. This is who you are. I don't care. And he gave it away. He didn't realize, he didn't come to understand what he had, what was given to him. Your birthright is that you now belong to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Give me an amen. That should excite you if nothing else does in this message. Live up to whom you belong to and you will have true happiness in your life. I've, I've been doubly blessed in my life. Let me explain real quick. I've been doubly blessed. I've been blessed because I was born into the Davidson family. And I say that with great respect to any other family. But I was born into a family that loved God. My parents both loved God and taught us kids to, here's God and He loves you. Now you make a choice. You're going to love Him back or not. So I was blessed beyond compare. And to wear that Davidson name is huge for me in my life. But because they taught us about God, I made a decision to follow Christ just as Alex did last week. And now I'm adopted into the family of God. Now I have even a greater blessing than being called a Davidson. Now I am a child of the Most High God. Now some of you in this room or someone listening to this, your family may have not been like my family. Because I know some of you. You had it rough. Your parents didn't follow God or they were whatever the case was. And, and it just wasn't that way. You wish it was. You still love them, of course. But it wasn't that way. Because all families aren't cut from the same cloth. Well, here's the good news. If you are a child of the Most High God, that puts you at the top of the heap. Puts you right at the top. Because you may not be able to say that about your earthly parents, but you can say this about your Heavenly Father. He is my God and I am His child. And that should excite you because you remember who you are. Listen, if God wants you to have a good life, and He does and bless you, and He does. How do I know that? Well, I would say this. Jeff Walling spoke to us on Wednesday night out of a taped message that he had from Pepperdine. Did a great job. I've known Jeff for many, many years. And um, he talked about the Jeremiah 29, 11 that Jeff read for us earlier. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to hurt you, harm you, and all those things. And Jeff said, well, that was not for us. It was for God's people during that time. And I would agree with that. But God hadn't changed. God hasn't changed with that. God hasn't said, oh, pff, 
That's then, but I don't love you now. No, not at all. In John 10, 10, the scripture says that God, Jesus came so that you might have life and have it to its full. And it talks about present, not future tense, present tense. I've come so that you might have life and have it to its full. I can give you dozens of verses. Look at that one right there in Hebrews chapter 11. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe. What? Must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What does God do? He says, I reward you. God wants a good life for, your, for you. God has a good plan for your life. God has a purpose for you being here now on this side of the cross. God hadn't changed a bit. So in that, then if it's not unfolding for you, the question becomes why? Why? Now I'm not telling you that if you give your life to the Lord, everything's going to come up roses. Because I promise you it won't. When you give your life to the Lord, Satan unleashes his demons. And he will do everything he can to destroy your life. You need to know that. It's a journey. It's tough. But it's a journey that's makeable because I can do all things through Christ who now gives me the strength. That's how God works. He's saying, I've already defeated it. But you need to know (laughs) you're going to have some rough roads ahead. But in that process, know this. I'm telling you, however, that in Christ Jesus you are more than a conqueror. But that's what he tells us. I'm, I have the victory. Billy Graham said, I read the end of the book. We win. And we do. Give me an amen. amen. Isaiah 41, Old Testament again. But watch what it says. Don't worry because I am with you. Don't be afraid because I am your God. I will make you strong and help you. I will support you with my right hand that saves you. I am the Lord your God. What part of that don't you want? Well, that's Old Testament. Thank you very much. Okay, Hebrews chapter 13. Keep your lives free from the love of money and and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. That means God's with you. What more do you need? Huh? If God be for me, who can be against me? I have all that I need because I am a child of God. Give me an amen. Now, He connects this verse with money, and I like this part of it, because some would try to use it in multiple ways, and perhaps you can, but he says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Well, you know on Spongebob, money, 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 you remember that? Money is important to us, is that right? It's not important to anybody here? Sure it is. If it's not important to you, just give all, whatever you have in your savings, just give it to the Lord this week, and we'll make sure it goes for a good cause. No, but you gave freely just a few moments ago. Because you know the the things that we have for Western Hills that have been set out in a budget by our leaders, you know, they have to go on, and all things have to take place, and that's what we agreed on. We need to keep our oath before God, and we're going to give what God has blessed us with. Give me an amen. Are you doing that? It says right here, it says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Now, notice this. Money can, you buy, money can buy you Happy Meals. It can. Money can buy you Happy Meals. New trucks, new cars, new toys, new things, a lot of things. Isn't that right? Anybody buy something just to make yourself happy besides me? 
The rest of you are just saints. Man, oh man, we have some saints in here. Either we got some saints or some sinners. Okay, but nonetheless, in this process, money can buy you happy meals, but it can't buy you happy. Some of the richest people in the world are some of the most unhappiest people in the world. And I know somebody's right now saying, well, give me that money, I'll show you how happy I can be. Satan is, let me say this. Sometimes all you got to do is look in the Scripture. No, that's what you need to do is look in the Scripture and you can find happy. You can find it. You just got to open it up. Again, do you do that? Almost finished, hang on. Satan is powerless against the protection of Christ. I love that statement. Step out of that protection and you're like a bug zapper. But God wants to protect his people. Do you believe that? Then stay in his word. The covering of God's word is like a blanket. It's like that shield. It's like that cape. It protects you from the evil one that wants to defeat you. Live your life according to who you belong to and your spirit can find renewal, revival. Number three, and the last one, most importantly, I think, is renewed spirit to be happy back or to get happy back in your life. You must have first things first, which is the right foundation. You got to have a right foundation. It means surrender to God. That's the only way you can have a right foundation is to surrender to God. Because anything else is built on sand, Scripture teaches you. You can have all the things of the world that money can buy, but if it's not built on the foundation of Christ, what happens? The winds blow, the rains come, beat against the house, and what happens? There is a great fall, great crash. But if you build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, the winds come, because they will, the same storms come, the same rain beats, the same wind, all those things still come. But it, what happens in the end? It stands, because it's built upon the right foundation. Doing does not get you the right foundation. Did you hear that? Doing does not get you the right foundation. For some people, that's a little heartburn. Gets back to the guy that said that earlier. Doing is not, doesn't get you the right foundation. You can do and do and do and do and do. And when you get done, you know what you got? Do, do. <laughs> Surrender to God gets you the right foundation. Proverbs chapter 3 is the verse I pull out. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. All of your heart, all of your ways, not some, not a Sunday thing, but all of your ways, all of your heart. Have you done that with all of your heart? That's all i got to ask. Is that have what you've done with all of your heart, everything that you have, have you given your whole heart to God? Or have you just sectioned out a part, put it in your pocket, put it in a closet somewhere, and said, I'm just going to kind of hold on to that one. You know, I'm just, I just think that one is... It's true. We have to examine ourselves. Scripture teaches us that. Some people have never done that, and perhaps maybe someone here today has never done that. Maybe somebody listening to this today, you've never done that in your life. 
you have opened up a happy meal after a happy meal after a happy meal after a happy meal, and only to find at the end of that happy meal it was empty again and again and again and again and again. Aren't you tired of opening up happy meals that end empty? The surrender to God gets you more than you can imagine, Ephesians 3.20. Because in your surrender, and this is the beautiful thing about this, in your surrender to God, do you know what you get? In your surrender to God, do you know what you get? In your surrender to God, do you know what you get? When your child gets that happy meal, they're opening it up because they're hoping to get one of the toys that's on that little thing up there. Already got that one, right? But they're looking for something. When you open and you surrender to God, what it is is opening up something. And you know what you get when you surrender to God? Anybody like to take a shot at it? It's okay, I give you permission. You're not usurping authority here. You know what you get when you surrender to God? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Happy? What do you get? What? A prize? I like those. It's pretty easy, and it's elementary. Oh, what did you do that for? Watch. Very good. I like that. This is good. I like this. Now watch. When you open or when you surrender to God, you get God. You get God. There's nothing better. It's not a choice of A, B, C, and D. Not this one. No. I get God. Isn't that beautiful? To know that you, when you surrender to God, you get God. You can go home with God today. If you don't know God, surrender to God and you can go home with God today. You can go home and tell everybody, I got God today and I got Him the rest of my life. Give me an amen. I know I get a little excited. I should probably do a revival maybe to calm down a bit. But here we go. <laughs> that being true, then, surrender is all. Surrender all is the key. Because watch, this is for Christians. That was probably for non-Christians. Because you've already done that, haven't you? But surrendering all is the key, not some. Because this is what Christians do. They surrender all, and then they take back some. There's a song about that. Um, maybe... Uh, you know, I give some, I give some, some of these, some, whatever, and then at the end, it's all. I, I'm not sure the name. It's, it's a pretty neat song. Whatever. But if you're lacking something, watch this. If all is not surrendered, one cannot possibly receive all that God has for them. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to receive all that God has for you if you haven't surrendered all. If you go to the store, the Circle K or something, you go down there and you, you pay for a 64-ounce drink, big gulp. Got me? Following? You go and you pay for a 64-ounce drink, and they give you a 16-ounce cup, and that's all they got, you're not getting all that you paid for. It's the same thing with your spiritual life. You can't expect to get all that God has for your life if you have not surrendered all. But the good news is, if you surrender all, 
He not only gives you that 64-ounce cup, it's like that 64-ounce cup puts in there and it's running over, pressed down, shaken, given. Because God's promises, they're all true. And they're true for you as well. Uh, a lot to say there, but let's move on. Oh, this is important. If you are lacking something in your life, do a quick check of your spiritual life and find where you have failed to or and are refusing to surrender to God in all things. Because when you then surrender, change will come. Most people will do anything and everything. Now watch this, this is important. Most people will do anything and everything they can before doing that. In fact, many have to go through a whole lot of happy meals before they discover happy is not there. Most kids want a happy meal for the gift that's inside, someone said. They want to find but that they find at the bottom of the box. And most are soon disregarded, as you know as parents and grandparents, most are disregarded, even many before they even leave McDonald's. Many adults do the same thing. They pick up a new girlfriend on the side. They sit at the bar stool and dream. They buy things that they cannot afford and soon find another empty box. However, the gifts that God gives you are irrevocable and permanent. Somebody should say hallelujah. Give me an amen. They're irrevocable and they are permanent. If you give your life to Christ today, you get salvation permanent. Now somebody's going to have heartburn about that too. You can give it back. But God's not going to steal it from you. So teach it right. If you give your life to Christ today, I promise you more importantly, He promises you in the morning when you wake up, He will still be the Lord of your life. And the morning after that, and the morning after that, and the morning after that, and however long you live on the face of the earth, the morning after that. And the morning after you're dead and gone, it's eternity with God. Give me an amen. Your solution to true joy, happiness, is knowing and understanding, this is key, watch the verse, is knowing and understanding that God loves you so much that He gave His Son to prove it. Putting your trust in Him and put your trust in Him and your happy can be forevermore. That's how you find happy again. Who needs that? You need a prayer? We're here for you. Revival time. Don't let it slip by. You remember those calls that the preachers would make? Maybe you don't know Christ. We would encourage you to open your spirit to receive joy. The joy of the Lord. And salvation found only through Jesus Christ. Maybe today you would like to experience the new birth. Water's ready, garments are ready, we're ready, and I can promise you, God is ready. Whatever your need might be, you come right now as together we stand and sing.